0: Hello dear listeners, I'm afraid that we made a mistake on the episode you're about to listen to and we called the poet Stephanie Berger, Samantha Berger. So we edited the name out and inserted the correct name, but we felt like we should still uh, announce it to you in this manner and so now I have. Stephanie Berger, thank you so much for your patience and understanding Welcome to the Painted Bread Quarterly Slush Pile. We developed this podcast in order to help you understand how long it takes us to get back to you. Um, But we really do care about every single piece that's brought in. And um, we have a democratic editorial policy, which we're about to illustrate for you. So we, um, after asking secondary permission, we um, read poems that came right out of our slush pile and uh, discuss them as the episode and uh, the we are the people I'm about to introduce to you right now. And I am Kathleen Volkmiller. I'm a writer and director of the Graduate Program in Publishing and uh, co-editor with along, along with all of these wonderful people of um, The Painted Bride Quarterly. And I guess we'll start with our, our special guest star. Um, as always, I like when we do things that are new and different. And today we have Samantha,
1: who's from Northeast Philly, but here by way of Abu
0: Dhabi. She's right here next to me and I can grab her leg.
1: How about that? <laughs> Hi everyone. Um, I'm here uh, in Philadelphia for my brother's wedding actually next week, and I'm excited to be here in the Philly team because I'm usually podcasting from Abu Dhabi with Marion. Yep, yep, mm-hmm.
0: yep. We're going to be proud. Abu Dhabi counts, so counts as Philly
1: though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. She watched the Eagles game, I and mean, this is the one that Marion talks um, about mm-hmm. watching the Super Bowl with a crew of people at four in the morning or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, yes. it was worth it. <laughs> So, Tim, tell us about you.
2: My name is Tim Fitz, and I am the author of two short story collections, Hypothermia and Go Home and Cry for Yourselves. I teach here at Drexel and the Curtis Institute of Music. And I am the co-founder of the Philly Homebrew Reading Series. So if you're in Philly (laughs) on one of those dates, you should stop by because we have uh, free beer samples and great writers.
0: (laughs) I can attest to the free beer and the hard cider. Like full glass samples.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: Uh, I am Ali Ziavash, uh, third year English student here at Drexel. I am Kathleen's co op currently. Uh, loving the position. Wait, wait. I'm happy to be here.
0: And who do we have out in the world? We have Jason. Hey, Jason. Hi. My semester's over, so I'm back in Brooklyn,
5: podcasting from my yellow Parsons table. Oh. I Beth Reciveson.
0: I always love that. You're going to have to take a pic someday so we can just throw that up there, you
5: know? Okay. My husband has had this Parsons table a long time.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations to you on being done with the term. <sighs> I'll, I'll have a small pause between terms, but I'll be here all summer. It's okay. It's really okay. I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. I lo- oh, wait. Sorry. That's what I usually do in my head. Um, so, without further ado, we have... Um, A lot of incredible work from an incredible poet by the name of Stephanie Berger. And um, uh, I think we should jump on in. Um, As our special guest, would you like to start us off? Sure. Yay.
1: So the first one we're reading is just to give you an idea. Imagine this rock here is the center of the universe. Imagine this rock is your belly button. Divide your body into halves, then quarters, and then make a planet. This leg of your journey will take about 500 years. I would like to stop and show you why, along the way, but the bones, they're telling us to keep moving. Seas of femurs, pools of pelvises, arranged as arrows and symmetrical suns. Here you find a hole and make something in it. Your aesthetics reflect a fear of empty space, a terror of the vacuum, like a sleeping feline with the face of an owl, and the tail of a snake must be sacrificed. I returned to the fetal position in the afterlife. My soul made a circular journey down the river and up the Milky Way. Now I'm back. So let me tell you a little something about caves and rivers. No one shall pass through but by me. My belly button is the center of this universe, a sacred valley surrounded by mountains filled with silver so luxuriously. We all want to look a little richer than we are. Those earplugs are a status symbol. We all know that baby alpaca is cool to the touch, that eucalyptus towers above the peaks and helps us breathe at the site where we can see. The founder of the lightning bolt, that golden idol with a hole where his heart should be, a mole on his face in the shape of Peru, Jesus with a guinea pig laid out on the table, mother Mary with cocoa leaves puffing out her cheek, teenage girls grinding the corn like teeth. I believe in reciprocity offering my tears and receiving your laugh, splitting my body into two and giving you half. This is the point where our two valleys meet. That's why we're in a wind tunnel.
0: Well, wow, thank you. Wonderful reading. We're trying to applaud in here. <laughs> <laughs> where to begin? It's dense, right? This is a dense one.
5: I really love the motion. I think that she sort of like, does this world making work really early on, I guess in both senses of that word. Um, but it grounds you so nicely. I mean, like it, it's sort of making these like incredibly large claims, um, but really following through on them, like really kind of keeping in the space that it's bringing you to.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and where is that space? Where are you brought to? We'll keep you on the hot it's, seat a minute.
5: Universe, right? I mean imagine mm-hmm. this rock here is the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. Imagine this rock is your belly button. It's this it's this celestial space-time like <coughs> Einsteinian um, thing. I mean it feels like the whole universe to me. I mean it feel, it feel it feels incredibly expansive and incredibly intimate at the same time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, listeners. We're reading. We're we're intensely looking. Um, I guess I hope you take this as evidence that we don't we don't um, pre-discuss at all. Uh, we do look. Obviously, we uh, choose the poems. So that that we is usually one or two of us. Um, so. Nobody has any real familiarity with it until we bring it to you. And remember as well that you can look at this poem, which I'm sure you need to, as we discuss it, um, on our pages pbqmag.org. and Then just click on podcast or scroll down a bit if it's if if you're if you're listening to this at freshly
1: something. I'm looking at and haven't made my mind up about yet is when we we have this switch to where we're talking about the earplugs and the baby alpaca. And it's like we leave that universe that she created for a minute, Um, but I I imagine these things are are still a part of it and they still are related to the body in a way because the senses of hearing and of touch. Um, But I'm not exactly sure what i think about that yet Mm -hmm. so i need to think Mm -hmm. a a little bit more about it
5: Uh, i love that ending that's why we're in a wind tunnel Mm
1: -hmm.
5: so weird (laughs) (laughs) but it's also so physical like i mean part of what i think is so exciting about the poem is that it's so i've never it's really hard to have something that's so celestial but also still really somatic and like you know the little things like my soul just made a circular journey down the river and up the Milky Way. Now I'm back. That's <laughs> <laughs> And you're in a wind tunnel. That's so, and, and, and that we is so um, intimate, right? That like the reader is kind of like in that wind tunnel with the speaker. And right. so that way in which this is sort of, you know, dizzying and moving and kind of encompassing everything, um, sort of does feel like a wind tunnel if you bring it back to just one individual self.
0: Right, right. And I think um, earlier you said that there's an intimacy even though we're out in the galaxy. And I think that is the use of the word we, but also all these body parts. Um, she brings it back to the belly button, you know, several times that belly button comes back so that, you know, brings us back in, a, in an intimate way. But there's even, you know, faces and earplugs and cheek and teeth and you know, I keep, I'm, I'm of the body in a big way, even though I'm getting all of these surreal uh, descriptions as well.
5: Tim, where are you?
2: Well, <clears throat> yeah, I like the, um, well, the sweet spot for me is those earplugs or status, or a status symbol. Um, and i like I like wearing ear plugs <laughs> and I like having my own little theater when I'm listening to music and looking around the world. but it is also a um an incredibly selfish act you're completely shutting the world out and you're your own little space, but you're still interacting with the world. I don't necessarily mean that's a bad thing to do, but it is when you do that you're only focused on your own sense of being um yeah you're not absorbing the world around you or interacting. I, I like that you have all this weirdness and all these physical details that send you out uh, around the galaxy and then suddenly fires this bullet right, right to the center of your brain, okay. you know, right to that, that, that we were, when I read this, I thought, I don't really see poor people with earplugs. <laughs> I never thought about that. I never thought about this division of classes or who can afford the like 4 to listen to music when they walk down the street. All of the weird stuff, I think, I don't, want, I don't need to sort of uh, go back over what we're saying but I, I love that it fires you down to this moment here. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: that uh that ending from i believe in reciprocity offering my tears and receiving your laugh splitting my body into two and giving you half this is the point where our two valleys meet that's why we're in a wind tunnel holy smokes Mm -hmm. that's worth everything to me Mm
1: -hmm. and the um I like the sleeping feline with the face of an owl, and the tail of a snake must be sacrificed. hmm
0: I think it's it's really interesting that we're so um, ruminative. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Contemplative over when I read,
2: this poem? When I read poems I don't understand, I think, two things. Do I not understand and care, or do I under- <laughs> not understand and do I not care?
0: Right, obviously, Right. And so, yeah. So frequently at our editorial meetings, people start looking stuff up on their phones, <laughs> and you know, and, and I, I like have to like stop the show for a second and go, wait a minute, do we care? <laughs> are we investigating just because this one thing is making us curious, or, or are we invested in this poem, right?
5: Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like, once you get to that kind of investigatory space, it's a way of like not talking about the poem.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like actually being
5: with the weirdness and what that emotional experience of kind of being in this disorienting space is like is really the poem. Um, You know, looking the thing up and, uh, you know, getting some factoid that's being referenced is is often a way out of having to actually discuss what's going on.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent point. I'm going to start yelling at my students even harder. (laughs) Um, can we talk about Jesus and Mother Mary? Mm-hmm. how they, where, where'd they come from? That was a very, that was quite a surprise to me. <laughs>
4: Especially Mother Mary with cocoa leaves puffing out her cheek.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And the idea of the mole on the face in the shape of Peru. When I saw the word Jesus before I read that, I thought, oh the mole is gonna be the shape of Jesus. Because they're oh, all like, oh, gonna right, 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 right. there's like Mary's face in a potato or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I was really curious about how that kind of played into it.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, why did we mean, get to- it? was sort of like one more move towards these kinds of um, all encompassing understandings of the world, right? That like Jesus and Mary are also symbols of like the entire universe and the Godhead, but also kind of being contained in an individual body. And that kind of seemed like, so Jesus kind of fits in with the sort of back and forth between the celestial universal and the kind of individual and human.
1: And there are also flat images where, and that makes me think of constellations and again to that. That, that celestial theme, um, spiralling through this. Like physically flat on laid on the table. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: Well, w- we never do this, but I'm, I'm going to throw something out there. Um, based on what, what Jason said and what, Tim, what, what we're all kind of saying about our inability to discuss this in a line-by-line manner or an image-by-image manner, are we by any chance already ready to vote? Is this one we're going to talk about the least because there's so much to talk about? Or you know, do we need to deconstruct to the level that we often do? Or should we just experience this?
2: I think we're ready to vote.
0: Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Then we shall vote. So, Jason, are you uh, You're able to text into Joe? I yeah, am, um, yes. Awesome. Good. All right. Let's go. One, two, three, vote. Yay. It is unanimously in. So, I'm so happy that Samantha's very first poem in the studio, <laughs> first time she got to throw thumbs, yes. it was an up one. <laughs> Alright. Okay, now we're gonna move on to it doesn't hurt that she's beautiful. Jason, you want this one or a later one? I'll I'll take this if you don't want it.
5: Um, no, I can I can read this one. Okay. Um, okay. It doesn't hurt that she is beautiful. As she descends into the canyon, she becomes the descent. The way an action can become solid as a steeple. I can be the downfall of man that sunburst of flesh. For I am the moment the desert meets water from the mountains, an instant connection, a language that can travel into your memories like a fiction, like water from the earth, a landscape more various than the human heart, but she isn't human. The way her nose comes down the center of her face like a coin, like candle wax, a waterfall, a beautiful creator, a dutiful daughter, Excitedly, she babbled more adorable than any brook. Things come to a head, they come into it. You reach a point in your life. There is a point in every life at which you can see no further, a black hole in a bucket. And so you let it drip clear as a window in the water. It is important to remember there are windows in the water.
0: Thank you so much.
5: It's really fun to read.
0: Mm. I know, I wanted it. No, kidding, <laughs> kidding, kidding. Kid, kid. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, like, the
5: little, like, um, a beautiful creator, a dutiful daughter. Like, there are these yeah. little, like, sound rhymes and um, rhythmic repetitions that are just, like, these little uh, landmines in there. Those kind of, like, kind of, are, are, like, pop rocks.
0: <laughs>
5: when you're not expecting them,
0: I loved um, that sa- the sound play in Excitedly, She Babbled, More Adorable Than Any Brook.
2: Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. like that line. Did
0: you? <laughs> that <laughs> was
2: <laughs> almost a deal breaker for
0: I've me. I've never <laughs> thought of a brook as adorable, and I loved using that because brooks are freaking adorable. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Tim Fitz? <laughs> Think bubble, 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 bu- 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 you know, the little I love rocks. Brooks. brooks are adorable.
2: I drove from. I don't know what mountains it was, but but it was between <laughs> Salt Lake City and Jackson Hole, up a mountain and down a mountain. That had a brook right next to the road, and I was yeah. doing about seventy, and I rented Corolla, and it was fantastic. And the whole time I thought, I can't believe I get to ride in a brook. I had one kid in at home, Corolla. another one on the another <laughs> on the way, and I thought, this is what I need right now. This is life. But I never thought it was adorable. It was That's so why fantastic. I like that
0: she pointed that out. that brooks uh, all brooks are not whatever miles long that was <laughs> either. Matter. I Never. think the little I... ones are adorable. <laughs> and and my husband used to go fly fishing and I would go with him. The and brook. I would sit by the brook and read a book <laughs> by the brook while he fly fished. So, and I have many memories of him yeah, in the Poconos. And that sounds little gross.
2: Unbelievable, and I'm
0: absolutely
2: <laughs> jealous, and I would love to go fly fishing.
0: <laughs> but
2: we're not going to meet on this one.
0: Okay, all right. But it's interesting that we're both talking about big moments in our life, and this poem yeah. goes there too, right? Like moments, memorable moments. <laughs> Um, there's a point. In every, I, you know? I think
2: that's why it bothers me so much ah. because there's so many. Like, I mean, the the last line is so. I love the last line. It's important to remember that these windows, there are windows in the water.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I love the title of the poem, mm-hmm. and I love all the images in the other poem. So that when I when I see one that I don't love, it, I I treat it a little differently than if it was just a random poem with this line. With, if I saw this in another poem, I would think, eh, whatever. <laughs> Adorable Brook. Who cares. But I care about everything in this poem now. So when I see one um, image that doesn't fit the way my mind is absorbing all the other images, suddenly I kind of bristle.
0: Right, but I, I still think you're just resisting, you're resisting a fresh way to look at it. I mean, look in the dead center of the poem, just like the dead center of a face, the way her nose comes down the center of her face like a coin, like candle wax, a waterfall.
2: Stop. Yeah, right there.
0: No, no, no. My (laughs) point is, (laughs) I dare say you probably never thought of a nose in either of those three ways either. Right? And that is what she's doing. She's twisting these normal images and...
2: And yeah, and, describing I'm, them and really I'm totally there for that image.
0: <laughs> and then I hit the
2: beautiful creator, and I'm like, ah.
0: Right, we know. don't want to descent into arm wrestling, which is happening <laughs> next. So, but I don't, so I, arm I, but, wrestling is
5: a possibility. Yeah, it, it could happen. <laughs> we, we can get we to almost, arm wrestling if we keep going. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but I don't, this is not a deal breaker bad for me this is not like you know it's surrounded by things that I
0: like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the poem yeah boy that title does keep I keep going back to the title and loving it mm-hmm. you know what are you thinking over there up there Jason I'm I'm really sold on this poem. I mean, I don't think
5: I love it quite as much as I love the first one, but I love it's you know a lot of the same energy and a lot of the same movement, and I think it's about I think it's about a baby, right? Um, (laughs) About loving a new baby, but um, an adorable baby. I'm I'm really sold. I wasn't for a while. I wasn't sure if it was about a new puppy or a new baby. but I, I think I've, I think I've settled on child. But I, I really love it. I love the way that this kind of keeps um, moving through um, all of these different images, but also that it kind of has this like this this tonal juxtaposition. Like I love I can be the downfall of man.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's,
5: that's such a great. And I feel like the exclamation mark kind of marks that it's a little bit silly. That it's right, supposed right. to be like a little over the top. Um, so I was I was I was really enjoying. I, I really
0: liked it. and you know what I didn't need to deconstruct to that literal of a explication you know but I, I like that you're thinking it, might, it could be a daughter but I didn't even think of that and I am the mother of two daughters and that never <laughs> even struck me I'm just loving all of these all, all these lines you know that just make me th- a language that can travel into your memories like a fiction like water from the earth a landscape more various than the human heart Damn! Wow, and Samantha, in the, in the room, you're so quiet. You're more shy yeah. when you're in real life. I am. <laughs> Get up on that
1: mic, girl! <laughs> so, there's um, a Showtime show uh, called uh, Big Little Lies, and I don't know if anyone's seen it, but the theme song of that show... <laughs> or maybe it's HBO, is I think a Fiona Apple song and she talks about screaming into a canyon. Ah. And it's such a beautiful song and, and we should put it maybe uh, in the in the caption for this. Um, but it makes me think of that song, um, not just because of the imagery, but because of the freedom that um, this narrator here feels. Mm. And um, yeah, I really like this poem. I, I, I prefer this to actually the first one. Um, mm. And it's the same thing, I don't completely understand it, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I'm ready to, to go into this, this descent.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't want to judge this poem next to the last poem or the next poem.
0: And you know I hate that you do.
2: But I'm <laughs> going to.
0: <laughs> I want,
2: I, my question is, how many, how many exclamation points are we game for? Are, are we tapped out at three?
0: I do not have a rubric for exclamation points because <laughs> I feel like the first one
2: I loved these I liked
0: mm-hmm. and no 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 you can't look at it against the other. Each poem must stand fair. on its okay. own. Yeah, that's not fair. it is entirely but
2: life's not fair.
0: <laughs> well I don't know I you know what did I start this episode with you know reminding folks about our democratic editorial policy but I think on this one, Mr. Fitz, you are outvoted.
1: She's like the I'm, Lori Moore of poetry.
0: I'm, I'm just
2: wondering, like, <laughs> as far as our aesthetic sensibilities are concerned, does that pop into your mind? Like, oh, two more. It, never, no, it didn't cross my mind? I have a mind. free
0: and open heart mind. and a clear and reflective <laughs> mind. Yeah, me and too. And I am able to assess every poem as its own individual. <laughs> Experience. How I about you? You're a two, me one.
2: too. R- Ringo Starr is the most underrated drummer. I have a very clear <laughs> heart.
5: Cut cut. i, I cut had your a leg. closed and icy. <laughs> cut that kind of a <clears> black <throat> hole that nothing can escape from. But I love the estimation I thought I thought they worked really well because they were doing like a kind of tonal work in the poem. Yeah, I, mean, like I, a, I evaluate each exclamation mark on its own and I love it.
2: That's
0: because you've an open heart but, and a clear and reflective of like a, mind. A,
2: a memory stick you wipe your mind clean <laughs> for every poem?
0: Pretty much. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. I can do that. I just want
2: to be open about my position <laughs> that I do not have a memory stick.
0: Jason, I don't know if you heard, but Joe Zhang, our amazing sound engineer, is in here saying he's cutting Tim's mic off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and, and again, I ask, Exclamation we can point. Do that? <laughs> and again, what? I ask,
5: we can do that. So we, we can cut off Tim's mic. Yes. Ooh, and, ooh where we're really
0: frustrated, and we can arm wrestle him. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. All of those things can happen, because I have an open, empathetic heart, and a clear, <laughs> <laughs> reflective mind, so anything is possible at any moment. So, But I think, in regards to this poem, that we might be ready to vote. Here we go. Are we ready? All right. One, two, three, vote. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you need to know that that is unanimously in. And next up is um, Only Light Where the Leaves Once Were. I think I'll take this one, y'all. I'm going to get the spectacled so that I that can read more smoothly. All right. Only Light Where the Leaves Once Were. Truth, marrow, stone, and consequence. She didn't earn a dime of it. The light hammering down on the desert from the opposite side of your expectations as the morning shifts to afternoon. His hat tilted low over one eye. He was practically debonair in his exhaustion, drunk on the feather in his cap. She asked who gave it to him. Once she'd skinny-dipped with some kind of demigod and his daughter— She found a dog in the water and the word for family was born. She wanted to eat the lilies to be filled and floating on the water like a body. I can see her, sun-drenched and precise and yet we have never met. Love is a mystery that way, more civil than any city, like a pilgrim who reaches her destination and cannot bear to stop. She knows how to end up home. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Damn.
4: I love this image of skinny dipping with a demigod.
0: <laughs> and his daughter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I find myself not as into this one as the other two and thinking along the way that this better end strong. <laughs> and then... Yeah, like you said. And then it's a, I love this ending. The last 5 lines get get more powerful as they go. I that's really amazing. Mhm.
1: Mhm. I completely agree. I I really like the ending and I I'm not as in tuned with the middle or the beginning mm-hmm. right now, but mm-hmm. I I can I can read it a bit more. Maybe I'll be swooned.
0: But would you keep reading? Would you, you wouldn't, if you were reading this in the submission pile, would you have stopped after the first couple lines? It's short enough that I would have kept reading. Right, there you go. Okay. Because I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, I also love the image of the man. He was practically debonair in his exhaustion, drunk on the feather in his cap. That's
5: a really
0: good line. Mm-hmm. And how about wanting to eat the lilies and float on the water like a body? Like, you know that you understand what she what she, she means, right? Like a dead body mm-hmm. to float that few, that yeah. that you know <laughs> floaty, right? But she is a body. She can float, mm-hmm. but I guess not quite like as if you were dead.
3: Although
0: mm-hmm. well, my father can actually, he is the best floater <laughs> there ever was. <laughs>
4: Ali, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm enjoying this piece. I definitely didn't like... I'm not as ecstatic about it as the first two, certainly. Um, I think it does some cool things uh, in the middle and at the end. that ending is just hit so hard
0: you know what's interesting I, I, again I really would rather not compare it to the other two this is the most narrative mm. and yeah. and I don't know I mean you know all these jokes about our objectivity and being able to read each one fresh I, I believe that if I read this on its own I would still be all about it um, because I like narrative poems mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm enjoying the narrative already alone and then we get to that fabulous ending and so it's it's very worth the ride for me
1: it's satisfying
0: yeah Mm -hmm. right
1: and I also think I could chew on the image of her in the water with this uh, demigod and the daughter and a dog and how this word family is born Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. is really interesting um but but those last lines just steal the whole poem for me so wonderful Mm -hmm. wonderful
0: I, mean, I I do
5: read them in light of the other poems. Because I, I kind of like Ali said, like I'm sort of seeing um, her toolbox, right? I'm sort of seeing the techniques that she's working with. And as you said, this is kind of coming to something a little bit more narrative. And I, I'm really enjoying them kind of as a whole, like sort of like seeing, you know, kind of getting to know this writer and sort of feeling what's going to emerge from it. I, I'm, I kind of do like it in the context of the other poems.
0: Um, uh, Everything in me is telling me not to ask this question, but yet I'm going to. Anyway, Tim, do you have any reaction to the ampersands? About the um, use of these ampersands—is that like making your hair stand on end, or uh, or, two things, or soothing your heart, or which which thing is happening?
2: I well, (laughs) presently I'm befuddled at the discussion of this poem compared to the other poems. But (laughs) in that fog of befuddlement, (laughs) I I did notice. Hey, I also uh,
0: said I like this on its own. I I did. did,
2: I did notice these ampersands, and I was wondering. So here's my answer to that. Um, when I first read it and it had for me some compared to the other two poems some duller moments that ended up certainly after those last five lines I would read it again and got me back into the poem. It wasn't till after reading it twice that I noticed the ampersands. So at that point I would say uh, no they don't bother me because they didn't interfere with my I mean now that I look at them they are kind of blaring but certainly that that's you know, would would an and be better there? I don't know. There's four. There's one over the top.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Therefore, it's out of his rubric of. I don't. Ampersands. <laughs>
2: No, because she's doing it on purpose. There's four. It's on purpose.
0: Of course it's on purpose. Yeah. There's
2: six. It's not. Are there six? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not.
0: And that she end. meant there's everyone. She <laughs> meant them all. You you know, if, the if first this, one was
4: similar if with if the this
2: is,
0: Yeah.
2: If, if it was a regular thing, then... No, there's some of the other poems. No, they don't bother me. Okay,
0: good. Yeah.
2: Glad to hear it. All right, if a poem's good, I'm going to be... I mean, if it was a bad poem and they were there, then it would bother
0: me. I think you should ask her if you can use Truth, Marrow, Stone, and Consequence as the title of your next collection of short stories. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be... That's awesome. Truth, Marrow, Stone, and Consequence. It is
5: a really good love. Yeah. So... When you title a book with with a list that has "and" in it, when you read them, it sounds like you wrote a different book. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, he's the author of this book, this book, oh. Truth, Maristone, and Consequence. Then you oh. <laughs> <a
0: different
5: book. laughs> that's right. True. You would
0: have to be very careful yeah. of what Maristone, you're italicizing you your and all of yeah. that. Jason, do you remember when we did the... Um, Issue of Painted Bread Quarterly. Well, we we did two separate thematic issues that ended up in one volume, right? But the two thematic issues for that volume were food and punishment. And when we would tell people that, they thought it was one theme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Remember, punishment. Yep.
5: Yeah, and
0: it, and, but, which actually is more
5: intriguing than either food or punishment. <laughs> right,
0: food and like, punishment as a theme. It was like, really. Yeah, that happened. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> so um, here, I thought, you know, we had we're, we're we're going through these quickly. I but I feel like we're ready to vote again. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. One, two, three, vote. And it's unanimously it again. Samantha, I think that you need to come to every meeting. I think so, definitely. Forget Abu Dhabi, move back to Upper Darby. <laughs> right? Um, so now we're going to move to a poem called Below His Monocle. And um, Ali is going to read for us.
4: Hello. Uh, below His Monocle. Before the pharmacy, above the apothecary... I lived for a spell with broomsticks in a closet with no name. Along the spine of the hill, below the ashen face of heaven, I waited for his ovine spirit to graze my face. She held her breath so tightly it escaped her. She lied in the desert, like itch just so cruciform that the vultures sitting down for dinner with, the go- with gods are like gentlemen in comparison, cartoonish only to the hawker, the rhyme of her cracked lips. It is everywhere this sack of pronouns holding on to each other for dear life it's fetching beaks and blouses boutonaires it is dear to glare imperially from one's mountain palace if vulgar it is vulture valiant a peach and so chatty she inhaled the words voluptuously like a with a church-like desire to conceal her meaning the tremendous gentleness of that moment smothers me divested of its garland, its daughters, the page holding itself together like a life.
0: Thank you. Again with the fantastic endings. Again! Gosh darn it.
5: Yeah. And the prosody, I mean, the way that um, the syntax is wrapping around the lines is just really
0: Mm, mm, mm. Below his monocle mm-hmm. What does that remind anyone of? The does Monopoly
4: Man Instantly <laughs> <laughs>
0: When Mon- I think of
4: Mark
5: I think of Monopoly Man
0: Yeah Who? Monopoly No, you know what? I'm thinking about um, The Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. And Beneath His Eye mm-hmm. And I, I believe this does this have the same meaning below his monocle? Is there one like overseer, one omniscient person viewing? You know, I don't know. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Is is that what below his monocle is?
4: The discerning eye.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, but I I don't. I wonder if it's related to the switch from the first person to she. Hmm.
5: Okay. I was thinking of the Wallace Stevens poem, um, Le Mononcle de Mononcle. And my French is really bad, sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah, but explain that more. Because I'm always like, I'm thinking Mon-oncle. about the great Gatsby and the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> so tell me about this poem.
5: Um, it's a Wallace Stevens poem and but it's it's about like the title is, is taken from the fact that Monocle and my uncle are the same in French. Oh, <laughs>
0: So does that pertain or, or to the poem, not, or, or is that? The
5: same, but they're very, very close.
0: Okay.
5: It's kind of like a Lacanian pun. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, like le like the, the name of the father and the no of the father are the same in French. Mm hmm. In Lacanian puns, because of unconscious, structured, like language. Well, do you
0: see a relationship to that poem and this poem, or no? Not really? No, Just I, the I monocle itself actually. made you think of it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, again, she has, I don't know, the the vulture sitting like gentlemen, boutonnieres, you know, you can, that's all kind of related to the same image of the Monopoly man or somebody <laughs> else with a monocle, right? Anybody who has a monocle, you think of as a gentleman, <laughs> right?
5: Or as a pretentious and silly person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs>
5: I, mean, one, I don't Ken think can actually yeah. wear a monocle after, say, 1950.
0: Right? Does anybody still? I wonder. Not, not with humor. There has humor. to be somebody there has somewhere. To be somewhere
5: out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they would fake
2: it
0: with I glasses. Mean, like
5: There'd just be Brooklyn one. Brooklyn is, you know, we we're really ripe for a monocle <laughs> revival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. Be like, it's a new we fashion have trend. Stores like next to our like artisanal nanny stores.
0: You know what? You just made me think about. I have recently switched to contacts wherein one eye is for seeing close and one eye is for seeing far, and I I had resisted this a lot. I told my eye doctor there was no freaking way that that was going to work, and um, it really works. And In fact, I brought reading glasses, and I didn't need them now. And I had been starting to need reading glasses, and um, and now I don't. And I thought I would get real dizzy. But the reason why I'm thinking about this and babbling right now is because that's essentially I'm wearing a monocle in each mm-hmm. eye, aren't I? Mm. <laughs> but I don't have to close my eyes or, you know, hold anything up. You're discreet about just, it. Yeah, <laughs> but like, like he, the doctor had said, and he was right, like it would be less than a full day before my brain would just adjust without my having to consciously Mm -hmm. think of which eye is which, right. So anyway, that's why we no longer need monocles.
5: (laughs) (laughs) But but have have you lost depth perception?
0: Not at all. I've never been a good parallel Parker, or <laughs> <laughs> or, or we car should, packer. We should take you to a
2: basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> See how you talk
0: I don't know how to test my depth perception, but I think I'm okay. I'm not missing tabletops. <laughs> I don't know. I just know that I bought myself reading glasses at the dollar store and put them like everywhere in my home that I could use them, you know, and in mm-hmm. my bag, and now I'm not getting them. I'm not using them. So that's a sign, right? I think
5: so. <clears throat> well, I, back to the poem.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I do, I, I, I again, like, I sort of like this move towards specificity and, like, kind of the way that we're discussing them. Mm-hmm. But like, we kind of keep getting closer and closer to narrative and kind of we mm-hmm. get like a. We're always in this kind of um, ecstatic space where things are universal and um, transcendent, but there's also, like, the specificity kind of keeps working through. And then, like, I I love the For the Pharmacy above the apothecary. I live for a spell.
0: Yeah. And and again, with the wordplay, too, uh, the sounds of it is dear, it is dear, (laughs) I can't do it now. It is dear to glare imperially from one's mountain palace.
1: And the pronouns holding on to each other for dear life. Mm-hmm.
5: I mean, in a lot of ways, like I feel like this captures um, grandiose moments of precarity in a really beautiful way that something narrative might not. That in, in sort of like staying in this sort of like slightly ungrounded space, I really do have that sense of what it felt like to be Young and living somewhere temporary, and hoping for something amazing to come. You know, kind of like doing something so that you would have something amazing later. But then, kind of also being in this, you know, slightly romantic or bohemian space. Um, and I, I feel like this really captures that feeling for me.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend my own initial thoughts too about beneath his eye below his monocle. Along the spine of the hill below the ashen face of heaven, I waited for his ovine spirit to grace Mm -hmm. my face. Graze my face. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that probably is also what put me in that mind of somebody. Mm -hmm. I mean, ovine spirit is kind of hysterical. Mm -hmm. But... Oh, if you're in Ireland there's lots of sheep on the mountains <laughs> looking down on you or you could one could think so right although I doubt anybody's wearing a monocle That would be a sight to see
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you gotta find an image of a sheep with a <laughs> monocle for this podcast and a top hat mm.
2: Her other poems start the titles are so vague and then suddenly and then and then they're followed up by so many clear images. And then this one, it's almost a shock to have that image of the monocle. It's mm-hmm. almost hard to get started after.
0: Yeah, maybe that's why I keep going back to it. But again, you guys, that, that the, the, those last lines... The tremendous gentleness of that moment smothers me.
2: If I feel like at this point, if I she- saw her book on the shelf, I would get it. I, would, I don't really care what her poems are about. I just want to see how she gets to the last line.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know? Yeah.
5: She's going to read the last stanza of every poem. I would
2: do that. Yeah, of course. I would do that. If I got her book, I, the first thing I'd do is go to every last Mm-hmm. four lines
0: and then you'd go back I and mean, read them though like a human being
2: sure but yeah, okay. it, there's, it's a different <laughs> type of reading I mean, I've mm-hmm. never thought about reading a poem this way before where I don't care if there's after four poems I don't really care about things that I don't like or get on my nerves because I know there's going to be a payoff oh. and then that's going to inform the way I reread it I've never read right. poems like that before right because you're all everyone has different ways right. of receiving images Certain images speak to us differently. Sure. And so you're gonna have things that amaze one person and grind on another person's nerves. But then, but these, there are three or four places in all these poems that both amaze me and irritate me. Then gets to this last line, and you know, suddenly, you know, it's worth the
0: the earlier annoyance. It's almost like someone
2: pitching, watching a pitcher who purposely throws some bad pitches and good pitches just to tease the batter for that final pitch where they humiliate them. That's, yeah. a, you know, it's a, yeah. there's a beauty in that process.
5: Ali, how did it feel to read the poem?
4: It felt excellent, actually. Um, <laughs> I got caught up a few times, but uh, the, it, it, flowed, it flowed very well. Um, there's a, a certain language to this that felt delightful when it comes, comes off your lips.
1: Mm-hmm. I really like thinking about it in light of what Jason said um, about it being this young person who just you know is looking maybe for for greatness or something in a way, and you know you can see that that apartment with the broomsticks and it's mm-hmm. a little messy and and all these things and then this idea that like maybe these people are kind of the vultures and and the gods are the ones who they aspire to be like but but in fact they're like kind of looking down on everyone and everyone else is sort of looking up and i don't know it is just really interesting but at, at the end of the day the the tremendous gentleness of the moment is is smothering the poem is smothering in that you you want to understand it but really maybe it's just a moment and, and we just kind of have to take that and enjoy it mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that means we have to vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. let's let's do it. One, two, three, vote, and we're in. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> uh, uh, Again, no dramatic tension I think on the voting today, uh, but that was four for four. And now, now I have to reveal, now the big reveal. So Stephanie Berger sent us a different package of poems and because we take so long, which is why I introduced the show this way today, um, they were all accepted elsewhere. And um, she was very excited about the idea of the podcast and uh, sent us another group. Of six and then the difficulty became deciding which six because they were all so fabulous right which of those six we should do for a show so um, Stephanie Berger is kicking some ass I think and um, I'm sure you will agree so uh, uh, listeners look at those poems on the page look her up I think that she is gonna have some books on the shelves for Tim to pull down and read the (laughs) ends of So I feel like everybody's really quiet today Um, does anybody have anything they'd like to say only positive things what are
1: you reading what are you watching what all are you going to do while you're here your brother's wedding next week your brother's getting married at Stouts Brewery, yeah. in Philadelphia next week, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm reading War and Peace actually. Wow, <laughs> so,
0: that's your summer so,
1: goal. Mm-hmm, I read uh, a few hundred pages on my you know 14 hour flight from Abu Dhabi. Wonderful, and wonderful. Then, you
3: three percent through.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I read War and Peace in
0: graduate school. Okay, and I a- annotated the hell out of the physical book, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, I'm reading, 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 and somewhere on page like maybe 700, mm-hmm. the book skipped to page <gasps> 928. Oh. And I went to the bookstore and was like, Whoa! <laughs> and they said, well, give us that book and we'll get you a new one. And I was like, Aww. no! <laughs> I threw myself across the desk and I was like, you are not getting this book. And I had to act, I, I really argued and they got, gave me another book Good. without me having to give them that book. Because I was like, look, I wrote almost as much as he did all through here. <laughs> and I was still in the class, you mm-hmm. know, so I needed it with my annotations. You should take that to the Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I do still own that book, but um, so then at one point it was down in my basement in my home, and uh, water came in, and oh. it got warped, but in no way ruined, ruined. But it now looks like it exploded. You know, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you can all picture that. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, but I'm still keeping it because memories, mm-hmm. memories. Because memories. <laughs> because annotation. <laughs> Do you guys still write in books ever, Ollie?
4: Um, yeah, in class I take notes. I mean, it, it's tough generally. like, I feel like a lot of students nowadays are just using their iPads for stuff or recording lectures and just listening to them back. Yeah. And writing notes on the computer. I see a lot of that. But I prefer... I, I, I feel like if I don't write it
0: down specifically, I won't remember it. Yeah. And if I type it out, then I won't remember it. Absolutely. There is a difference in the mm-hmm. brain when you hand write. Um, and you, you're an English major, so that, that does probably give you a propensity toward yeah. buying books and not Mm-mm-mm. reading e-books.
4: Right? That's, yeah. I, I, I can't stand to read on a Kindle or on the, on the computer. I'll read, like articles and stuff, but if it's a story then I have to have something tangible in my
0: hands. Yeah, that's good news.
2: I like to write first (laughs) drafts of stories in other people's books. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm reading a book that I like and I come up with an idea, so a lot of the books on the shelf have all the first drafts.
0: First drafts of your of stories? Because stories, yeah. mm-hmm. you start yeah. responding to what you're reading.
2: Well I love the books that have a lot of blank pages at the beginning. At yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Because then it's you can think you can read it and then you can think about stuff at the same time.
0: Right. What are you reading right now? What's that? I'm
2: reading Cameron McKenzie's oh. novel, The Beginning of His Excellent and Eventful Career. One of my favorite all time novels.
0: Is it really? It yeah, he must I must have this. read it already. I'm thinking in drafts at least. He brought it, drafts, it, he, he brought it
2: uh, to my house ten years ago. Yeah. Manuscript in the first fifteen pages. And uh, I was so angry at how much I liked it
5: <laughs>
3: that
2: I had to write my own novel.
5: And then he turned off your microphone.
0: He did. I love Tim has just such physical responses to things, you know? It's amazing. Um, Anybody, anything else to say? All righty, then. Um, Thank you for being with us today, and thank you, listeners, for listening.